Welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. I am your host, Ryan Hartley. This podcast is for heart-centered leaders just like you. I hope our time spent together helps you leave a heart print where those around you are left better than yesterday. These interview sessions are sponsored by our great friends at Elevate Online Marketing. On episode 165, I am joined by the UK's leading biohacker, Tim Gray. After years spent self-healing his body from chronic health conditions through biohacking alone, Tim embarked on a mission to educate and empower the masses. Tim's passionate about optimizing the brain and body to achieve mental clarity, stamina, and longevity. My wife and I have been fans of his Instagram page at Tim Biohacker for some time now, so you should definitely go and check out that page. Tim shares some incredible research that gets you thinking. It educates you, it inspires you, and there have been a number of uh, decisions and behavior changes that my wife and I have made to try and optimize our health, and I, and I hope that there's something in this interview that will inspire you to do the same. Tim is the founder of the Health Optimization Summit. You can attend this great event on the 28th and 29th of May, 2022 in London. You can find out more using the link within the show notes. And here we go, episode 165. You're going to hear what it means to be a biohacker, all about the biohacking mindset, how leaders can become better leaders through biohacking. You're even going to hear about how we can help our children with biohacking and what it means to optimize our health. Enjoy, my friends, episode 165 with the UK's leading biohacker, Tim Gray. Tim, welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's, it's so great to have you on. I've been inspired by your your page. My wife and I have been having many, many conversations. And I guess we're in that mindset of trying to do the right thing, trying to educate ourselves, because a lot of this information is is not uh, always uh, shared, shall we say, by some of these big corporations. But before we go into uh, what it means to be a biohacker, I understand you were at one point sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I was. Mm. Yeah, very, uh, very from 200 miles an hour to not being able to get out of the house and chronically ill and having loads of things going wrong. So yeah, I, I got really bored of it and um, didn't want to accept the doctors told me and started researching and next thing you know, it's 10 years later and yeah, things are very different. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because, um, you know, I've recently spoke with with Dr. Bruce Slipton and he says, you know, it was just so programmed and conditioned to, if we're ill, go to a doctor, go seek the doctor. And I, I guess, you know, uh, from what I understand of your story, they were a little bit mystified and you were kind of left at your own. What did you do? What was the first steps you kind of took for that? Um, <clears throat> well, it took me a while to really click out of the, click out of the uh, mindset of trust your doctors. I mean, I think the first thing is that when something goes wrong, it's nice to know that you can trust someone that can fix things that you yeah. can't and you know like for instance if you want investments you go to someone that's good with investments um if you um if you need help with legal stuff you go to a lawyer if you've got something going on with your health you go to a doctor um so everyone needs that fallback and i think it's like one of the common things that comes up is people say that when they go traveling they uh they like to know that there's good hospitals and stuff nearby just in case something goes wrong. But what if you can't trust your doctors? Mm. It's like, it's actually pretty daunting because you can't learn the whole body and everything about it. Like, you know, we just, just not possible. Um, so I was in that route for, you know, well over a year, um, you know, where I had kidney stones, IBS, you know, I had a month of, you know, basically 
extreme IBS or what seemed like Crohn's or just it was beyond a joke and then kidney stones and all these things started going wrong virus issues and um, teeth infections where I needed to have the teeth pulled and everything wow. and it just was spiraling out of control you know I was falling apart is depressed you know and i'm not a depressive character by any means i mean my luckily my um my energy is has always been quite good and very positive but um i just said to the doctor one day he's like you know what's wrong with me like you know i just can't cope with this anymore and he said tim i don't know shrugged his shoulders can't find anything wrong you know and it was then that was actually the moment my mum was driving me home because i couldn't drive at the time and um when i got home i just got on the laptop started searching away good old dr google and i realized that google was skewed with its results and couldn't really give me anything so i jumped onto the forums mm. and um we're listening to you know hundreds of people like me that were saying that they had similar things and you know um i feel disingenuous by saying it because i say it so often on so many podcasts but you know i have i i carry a pack of post-it notes you know always always um, and I wrote down the symptoms and slapped them all up on the wall and traced them all back in the cause and effect chart, you know, mm. like a family tree or a serial killer type thing you see in the movies, um, trying to figure out what caused what and just kept on researching and digging and digging and digging. And as I'd fix one issue, something else would come up and there was always something that where my body wasn't quite coping with something. Um, it turned out it was mercury poisoning, which obviously, you know, stresses your liver and your immune system, which means that multiple things can go wrong. So you're always clearing up the, the leaks, you know, the holes in the boat, but um, but never actually getting to the, the, the cause of it. So that's really the turning point for me. It was just like, I've had enough, you know, and uh, I'm a very curious type and, you know, have to keep on digging until I get to the bottom of it. So that's really, you know, where it came to. Hey my friends, I hope you're enjoying the interview so far. I just wanted to take a quick moment to let you know that this summer, the Always Better Than Yesterday community turns five. On Saturday, the 25th of June, 2022, we're going to be hosting an event down here in Trowbridge in the southwest of England, where we're going to bring together like-hearted human beings with a little bit of inspiration, a whole lot of connection, and we're going to be celebrating this journey that we've all been on over the last five years. We have three guest speakers lined up. We'll be joined by Matt Hill, Esther McCann and Tommy Gentleman. We'll have welcome drinks provided by our sponsor, Elevate Online Marketing, and we'll have food provided by Valicious. And after we've had some speakers, we've had some food and some welcome drinks, we will then start the party. We will have some music. We're going to have a live band performing live for us for the very, very first time. You can get your tickets now. Tickets are on sale. They are £20 per person. They will include your welcome drink and your evening meal. So go grab your tickets now in the show notes and let's get back to the interview. That's really fascinating. And I, and I think sometimes when you open yourself up to this journey, it's like that scene in Monsters, Inc. where it goes in, there's like a billion doors. It's just like there's opportunity, there's information everywhere. Like, how did you... Um, like, because I understand that you like track 35 biometrics daily is is that right i gave up but yes i, I did for for many years in, in fact that's an understatement of the amount of things i actually measured because just people wouldn't believe and it almost looks like i was uh, in a very strange mental place to be tracking that many things i mean i just like to be diagnostic and i like data yeah. um and then grouping that data to come up with assumptions or you know you know as they say big data is very 
very uh, powerful, which is why a lot of these corporations that hold our data are much more uh, wealthy or have higher share prices than companies that traditional companies that used to do well. Um, so using that data to optimize is significantly uh, better and faster. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I used to plot everything on the spreadsheet, everything, you know, from even urine pH, specific gravity of urine, because I had urination issues, um, and all the different blood tests that I do, and I have a lot of markers tracked every two weeks at one point. So I'd really plot everything out. And then, you know, subjective energy score, subject, subjective sleep score. And this was before Aura came out, obviously. Yep. Yep. And when Aura came out, um, I was also adding in my sleep score, my readiness score, activity score, and then plotting it all to see, you know, the correlations of between, you know, what I ate and what I did and how good or bad I felt. But it got to the point with, you know, I went from not being body conscious and not knowing anything about health or illness before I got ill to being hyper alert and hyper body conscious to, you know, if you have a twitch, you think, you know, something else is going wrong and paranoid and start having a breakdown almost um, to the point where, you know, actually sometimes symptoms come up and go mm. and you don't need to be body conscious because sometimes it's just your body doing something. Mm. Um, so then at that point, I kind of learned to let go of, being not OCD, it's the wrong way of saying it because I'm definitely not, but you know, learn to chill out a bit and yeah, not track yeah. so many things. But things like the aura, obviously, yeah. which is so powerful for optimizing yeah. your sleep and uh, various other markers make it very easy. But I mean, it, it's definitely good to do for a while for sure. Yeah. yeah and and um, I really intrigued my uh, a friend of mine at the gym. We've, we've just been having a WhatsApp conversation about the aura ring this morning. I, I have a whoop and um, that's been really fascinating because my um, I've always had this mindset of like <laughs> sleep is like this thing of evolution. Just get rid of it. Like what a waste of time. Like I've never had a good relationship with sleep and this thing's kind of given me some really great feedback to go, ah, maybe, maybe that's why I'm <laughs> fatigued or tired. And so I'm starting to, you know, going down that rabbit hole of um, optimizing some of my performance through, through sleep more specifically because I've, I've definitely underutilized that but what does it mean to be a biohacker and what are some of the hallmarks of of what it means to be tim the uk's number one biohacker <laughs> um, um i always laugh when when people say that someone coined it for me <laughs> it wasn't me um but i stuck with it um Biohacking used to be about using, used to be using the best tech or the newest tech, um, doing all sorts of different treatments and everything and being an extreme person that, you know, doing everything you can, whether it's about health or performance, it doesn't, didn't matter particularly. Um, you know, and biohacking has actually got a negative association with it in some places. Some people go, oh, he's a biohacker or, you know, but really, Really, biohacking is, in its purest form, health optimization, which is why I, my summit is called the Health Optimization Summit, because, you know, we stopped people on Oxford Street back in 2017 or 18, I can't remember now, and said, you know, do you want to biohack yourself? And people were like, what? You know, less, than, less than a tenth of a percent of people understood it. And the people that did understand it was like, oh, it's like weird, you know, genius thing or whatever. Um, 94% of people said that they wanted to optimize their own health mm -hmm. and 5% of people said a loved one, 1% of people were just busy London 
asses, you know, in a, in a hurry to get back to the office after they've had their sausage roll for lunch or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, that, that really does encapsulate what biohacking is, it's health optimization. And I think the paleo movement came around about 2006, 2007, I think somewhere around there. And that was the early biohacking, but the more, you know, prehistoric route, um, biohacking is really that. And yet with every technology that there is in biohacking or supplement or whatever, it's actually mimicking something that we had, our ancestors had, mm. you know, um, for instance, uh, blue blocking glasses block out fake junk blue light, which stops producing melatonin so we don't sleep so well. So blue blockers are just reversing technology. <laughs> um, you get earthing bed sheets which is if you had your shoes off and standing in the grass, which is critical for our body um, electrical system to operate properly. Mm -hmm. Bed sheet with the earth out, you know, instead of just getting your shoes off in the grass. Um, you know, air purifier, natural air, air pure, water purifier, um, stream water, mm -hmm. um, Celtic sea salt or mineral or uh, electrolyte supplements. Uh, it, decent water quality that come through stream through rocks it's naturally mineralized rebounder um you know uh, for lymphatic flow with you know exercise a gym even you know lifting weights well we would have built houses and stuff like that so we would have yeah. naturally been built so the point is biohacking is just that it's a mindset of bringing these things together with the goal of optimizing your health mm. um and anyone that thinks it's about gene editing, it, I mean, it can be, it can be about optimizing your genetics, epigenetics from, you know, your environment and things, but really at its pure form, it is about doing whatever you need to do to be as healthy or have the performance that you, you deserve or should have if it wasn't for toxicities or, sure. you know, sleeping too little because of, you know, playing on your phone before you go to bed or whatever. Yeah. And so much, yeah. So I think we understand the the bad habits of using phone before bed, but there are so many things that we are living in plain sight that we're just unaware of. You know, the 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 basic tap water and the, the some of the flaws with the fluoride and and some mm -hmm. of the, the you know, mm -hmm. and um, and even just in our culture, like the the signals to have cereals for breakfast and mm -hmm. um, and what happens within our um, and our meat industry and and. And the thing that my wife and I have found is um, that when we read your um, content, the education we get from the things that you share, mm. we go through a stage of cognitive dissonance. <laughs> it's like they, it's almost like that. Ah, oh, shit. Now that I know that I've got to I either do something or I do nothing. Mm. So I, I've not used these since I saw you post them. These, oh, are, my yeah. these are my AirPods, right? These yeah. AirPods I have not used since I saw that, um, that when you put the uh, electromagnetic frequency next to it, the mm -hmm. same way that we ditched our microwave. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know, these are the, these are some of the decisions that we've made as a family based mm -hmm. on trying to make some conscious decisions. But it's so easy to be a bystander, isn't it? To look at everybody else and go, well, everybody else is doing it. It's mm -hmm. fine, right? Well, with cancer rates being one in two, apparently, um, and chronic fatigue being very prevalent, especially in city life, mm. and the rate of disease and metabolic dysfunction, and all of these things, if the majority are doing it, it's probably not the place to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
So, you know, they're modern, modern conveniences. Um, you know, they're amazing. I mean, I'll be honest, like, here's my iPod, AirPods. Mm -hmm. okay? I don't use them. And I'm, if I'm on the rebounder and I have one over there, which I break out and I'm listening to music or I'm on a call, for instance, and I'm not on video and I can't bounce around with corded headphones or whatever. So I will use them for like three to five minutes and no one will know um, in terms of on my call because, and, and it's like stacking, stacking hacks. So, yeah. you know, hacks can be for convenience as well. So I, I say they are an amazing convenient. They're actually my very favorite gadget I think that I've ever had and, and not using them was a very tough thing. But, and I actually appreciate untangling the cords that drive, used to drive me crazy mm. every day, but they are there if I need them because, you know, conveniences are great. I mean, you can, get your favorite meat from a butcher 20 miles away, or you can get some from Marks and Spencer's organic up the road if you're in a hurry. I mean, the convenience is amazing. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I agree. There's an element of cognitive dissonance for me as well. When I find out things and I'm like in the background dealing with it, trying to get through it and thinking, wow, I need to change this now. And then it, it takes a while before I actually get it and share it out on my Instagram. Cause I need to make sure that I'm going to integrate it and actually stick with it. If I'm going to be talking about it, because you know, if I start talking about not using these and then someone spots me walking down the street using those, which I wouldn't do because that's an integrity thing. But the point is, yeah. I need to make sure if I communicate something that it's definitely right and I'm definitely going to stick with it because otherwise I would be judged negatively. But there again, there could be studies or things that come out in future that says, well, actually, there's no negative effect of it. I would still question it very heavily, but there, some things do change. Um, yeah. But the, the AirPods is an example of that one thing I wish I hadn't got rid of. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And do you know what? Like, you know, even with like modern culture, with Netflix and sticking up documentaries like Game Changers, you think, you think, okay, I'm being educated. And, and so often it's a case of follow the money. Mm. You know, yeah. Follow the money. You miseducated in that case. Yeah. And with that particular Game Changers. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, prop it's, it's propaganda. It's, it's, it's crazy some of these things but yeah mm. i um i read one of your posts that says being a vegan for health with my genes is bonkers <laughs> what what gives you the confidence to say that that didn't go down well with a lot of it <laughs> um i was a vegan for a while i lived with a household of vegans uh, back in 2019 2020 beginning of 2020 i got vegan friends um you know, a lot of them are amazing humans and they want to do good and they're activists and things like this, standing up for animal rights. And I really appreciate that. Everything's important to someone. You know, Ricky Gervais is a dog lover and doesn't want dog cruelty to dogs. Every, everything's important to someone. Um, but I do think that a lot of them have hate, hate too much hate inside them. Um, not all of them. And um, they feel like they're on a moral high ground. Um, and they say that it's not the right thing to do for the animals or for the planet. And the thing is, if we are here to enjoy our existence and while we don't want to hurt other people and we want everyone else to enjoy their existence too, if your body doesn't operate properly on a plant-based diet because your digestion can't handle it because you might have had digestive issues from too many antibiotics because the doctors didn't know what they were doing, um, and you become nutrient deficient, you have severe IBS and you're on the toilet 30 times a day, you know, you know that you're going to become deficient. When you look at yourself on a cellular level, and this is the level of testing goes these days, you can see what your cells are deficient in. Mm -hmm. um, and you know that you've been on a plant-based diet, 
and then you go on a meat-based diet and all of a sudden your deficiencies start disappearing um and then you have you you know that you have genetic variations of one just one of them is for instance the mthfr gene it's about methylation which is energy production and detoxification and or ties in with your red blood cells and things and if you're not having the right nutrients which a lot of it's much more difficult to get from plants than it is from meat mm. then you start falling apart or you start not operating properly and for me i didn't have enough protein i went down to 59 kilos actually a little bit lighter than that and you can see that actually i did a post of me in 2000 and uh, me when I was 32, mm -hmm. me when I was 41, and then me at 43 and the difference. And one of those was plant-based. My body, as I was eating a lot more. I was chewing salads and all these things uh, seemed to be eating all day, every day to try and be satiated. And I was nutrient deficient. So for me with my genetics, it's bonkers. And if people judge me for that, you know, they judge me for wanting to live my life with energy. <laughs> That's mm. But if someone chooses to be vegan for ethical reasons, while I think actually plant-based diets alone actually kill a lot of animals as well, and they're, they're actually living with their heads in, head in the clouds to some mm -hmm. extent, I do appreciate where they're coming from and mm -hmm. I have no bad feelings towards them. I just wish they'd look at the whole picture and not judge people that have a different opinion. And that's it. And a, and a friend of mine, um, she knew that uh, you were coming on. She's a big fan of your page. Her name's Layla. She... She's asked a question around, you know, when you have this kind of knowledge and this wisdom that maybe not everyone has, how do you how do you not then take the moral high ground? Um, I'm trying to think what that means exactly. Um, um, yes. OK, so an example would be my mum. She loves dairy. And she's had a lifelong of migraines and I've spent the last, you know, eight, 10 years trying to fix those or work with her to sort them out. And I call her mum by a hacker now. <laughs> but still from time to time she has dairy. And I don't think it's good for her, even though she's not lactose intolerant and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So when I see her putting double cream on her dessert, I sit there and I try not to judge. She's probably the one person that I, 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 I do a little bit. And the same with my brother, just because I love them so much. Mm -hmm. um, with other people, I don't judge their choices. Sometimes it's about education. Sometimes, you know, you can plant the seed and just say, oh, oh, I heard dairy isn't that great, you know, and leave it. And, uh, you know, if it works, it works. But you can't try and change it, everyone. And if you try to change everyone, so for instance, if you judge them, you judge them on their choices, it means that you want to try and change them. And it's not my job to change everyone. I need yeah. to live my life and not try to control everyone else's. Otherwise, that's an, it comes from an insecurity of my own. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I don't judge uh, or have a moral high ground on it. I used to a lot more. But I think the more and more followers I've got and the more and more, more, and more interactions I've had with people where I used to rant a lot, mm -hmm. more and more I've let go of it and just let people be. And mm -hmm. if they see my content and it resonates or if something I say resonates, that's great. And if it doesn't, that's great. <laughs> I love that one of my favorite posts of yours is the biohacking for kids i've got a nine-year-old and, and a nearly seven-year-old and in it you talk about strong values health first mindset and ancestral wisdom and the bit that i'm really particularly interested is in teach them early what we learn late what are some of those things that we might want to teach them early um that they should be in natural light as much as possible, number one. Um, that they should respect their sleep because, like I said in the post, I think, they, you know, 
amazing sleep sleep makes them superhuman um more so than anyone else natural light hydrate properly um eat like a eat like superman to be like superman you know not that you want to give them a superman complex <laughs> by any means but you know um my friend uh, dr dominic nitritz he's uh he's uh, an amazing human he's my best friend i would say he's got three kids two of them are old enough to talk um one of them is just learning to talk but he he teaches them anything's possible in an abundance mindset. And, you know, um, when they, if they wanted a sweet or something or other, they can have it. But the thing is they see it that it's kryptonite or something equivalent of that. Um, whereas, you know, if they eat eggs and um, liver for breakfast, for instance, it might not be the best tasting thing to them, but they know that it's gonna make them perform so much better than everyone else. And be more resilient and they love that and i think it's just so so powerful and you've got to be careful that you don't tell them they're going to be better than everyone else yeah um, but you've also got to explain to them why these things are important and you know one of my members of staff from my agency you know six years ago mm -hmm. um i was talking to him about the why around simon sinek's work yep and he said he got in trouble as a kid because he always used to kick his football off against the garage door and it used to damage it and the parents used to say stop doing that but he kept on doing it until they had to replace it. And he said to me, I understand this why thing now. He said, because if they just said to me, look, Matt, stop kicking the ball up against the garage door because you're breaking it and we don't have any money to buy a new one. Mm. Then he said, of course I would have done it. Mm. Of course I wouldn't have done it anymore. I mean, and it's like, that's the thing. Teach them why. So sunlight, grounding, shoes off, obviously. Yeah. Plenty of natural light. Drink water, proper water um not just crappy tap water mm. and, uh, eat nutrient dense foods and not the stuff that everyone else thinks is tasty but you know actually the final thing is is dom taught his kids that you know uh some of these foods like sweets and things it's like a dog poo rolled in something that tastes good you know there's no nutrients it's not good for you but they they fake it and would you eat a dog poo that was rolled in glitter and they're like no way well that's basically what it is so therefore they're immediately you know not going to eat it um you know and he's still relaxed with them in many ways it sounds strict it's not it's just they respect what does good stuff to their body so that's really what i would the approach that i'm really looking forward to doing with my kids one day yeah i love that we yeah we my wife and i we try and have some uh, informed conversations and like you say it's not strict it's not regimented but it is informed and, and it helps them mm. Mm. yeah i like that um, conscious and want to be respectful of your time. Um, I have two questions. One is about your 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 summit that's coming up later this year. But before we get to that, mm -hmm. I'd love to know um, why leaders specifically would become better leaders if they learned to optimize their own health. Mm, that's a great one. Let's just think about optimizing energy first. Mm. If you've had an hour's sleep, you're not going to be a very happy human. And you bark at people easier, you have a shorter fuse, your brain isn't as clear, people don't want to follow you as a leader. <clears throat> now, put that to having perfect night's sleep every night. Not only do you act like a better human, you have better mental clarity, you think more logically and less emotionally and less likely to have a, a short fuse. Um, and as a result, you're going to be a better human. And as a boss, nobody likes an ass of a boss everyone likes a good human as a boss they do um 
And I think the more and more I've respected my sleep, I, you know, when I got away with six or five and a half hours sleep before I got ill, you know, I was a horrible, <laughs> I was a pain in the ass. You know, I was not a happy human. And I, I smoked until I was 26 and I smoked a lot. And when I gave up, I was evil, like horrible human. And, you know, my reactions to things, even up until 35, were immature, emotionally unintelligent, even though I, I'm pretty emotionally intelligent generally. Um, so I think any leaders that focus on their sleep and their health and their energy means that they can be happier, healthier humans and, and do good with their, with their teams. And that's really the approach I take really the approach I take um sleep comes first in all cases and that doesn't mean too much it doesn't mean too little it means optimal for what I need um and any leader that does this and you know I've worked with billionaires with their sleep um very very famous people obviously that I can't discuss but you know and the first thing for them is sleep because it makes them perform so much better you know 10% less sleep 30% less productivity. It's really that simple. And for people that every minute counts, it's powerful. So yeah, I, I think it should be optimizing for your energy, not necessarily for health, because if you optimize for your energy, health follows. I love that. Talk to me about your, your summit coming up later this year. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to it very much. So. Um, yeah, it's been a long time coming because of, uh, this little flu season we've had going around for a little bit too long. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, 45 speakers, Vision from Mind Valley, um, Ben Greenfield, Paul Saladino, carnivore uh, diet guy. Um, the lineup is just out of this world. I've got some amazing friends and awesome humans that have looked after me for my lineup. Uh, 100 brands. We were targeted on 1,500 attendees, but it looks like it's going to be 2,000 now because uh, you know, everyone just wants to get on with it. Um, and um, yeah, it's in May 28th, 29th this year in London. And uh, the website is uh, uh, summit.healthoptimization.com or hosummit.com is also fine. It's going to be amazing. And it's taken me nearly three years to build a one-year event with my team. So um, we've got quite a few special treats up our sleeves and um i'm very very happy i'm very very happy for it to happen as you can probably tell yeah, yeah. Um, it's been like oh we've had to delay it and then you know a speaker pulls out because they can't because of travel and then they contact us and say they can because now you know the world's changing and everything so it's great um yeah and i think we're actually going to be the largest event in biohacking or whatever that there's been yet at two thousand people so i'm I'm over the moon. Uh, Love yeah. Love it. What does the phrase always better than yesterday mean to you? <laughs> what it says on the tin. <laughs> um, always be learning. Mm. Otherwise you're going backwards because everyone else is learning. And so if you don't learn, um, you know, it's, it's like inflation, <laughs> basically. Um, if you don't, if you don't do anything with your money, it's going to become less valuable, even though you've got the same number. Um, yeah, invest in yourself. The biggest things that I've ever done or got people to do is to read books in areas that are important to them and do it every day, every single day, because compound, compound interest, I, I guess you can base it on, 
mm. cumulatively it becomes very very powerful and uh i never knew that getting sick and reading hundreds and hundreds of books and reading hundreds and hundreds of blogs when i was super super stressed and ill would pay off to be where i am today organizing this summit and uh, you know having some of the amazing experience i've had so i'm very very grateful for that so i think you know uh trust the direction you know um what's the expression that i was taught recently um it's not about your current results it's about the trajectory that is the important mm -hmm. thing and i think if you're not if you're not going like this all the time by reading and learning then you know you're not going anywhere so that's how you can be better every day love that great great answer thank you so much for that i'll share all your good links in the show notes and just be honored if you'd leave us with a final thought from your good self i can't come up with a final thought other than i hope you've enjoyed listening and follow me on instagram and have a scroll down and and get some tips and um, see if there's anything that contradicts your beliefs and what should they do if those beliefs uh, are contradicted open and open uh, have an open dialogue and communicate like a nice human and not mm. uh, saying i don't agree you're wrong <laughs> um too many people jump into this nutrition or whatever bandwagon and think they know everything because they read a book and a documentary and then start shouting down people that have been doing it for 10 years i think there's a, a level of respect and saying i want to be better and learn and it's the mm. same for my side as well i've learned to say well maybe i might be wrong let's explore this so yeah i would say uh, ask nicely and have a constructive conversation around it because you learn more we both will yeah and, and i love the uh, i love the attention to detail of the the commitment you have to your content like say my wife and i and my community we've we've really enjoyed your content and i think i even messaged you personally recently how much attention to detail you put into aligning in your instagram story oh, yes i remember <laughs> this i remember this yeah yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Total, res total respect for that there's there's some guy that has high standards for the uh, the alignment of his uh, text boxes <laughs> doesn't say much about me at all um, it says everything i needed to know <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks i remember this it was like two weeks ago i think wasn't it mm. yeah awesome my friend thank you so much for your time thank you for everything you share with the world and and uh, i wish every success at your summit i'm sure it's gonna be amazing thanks very much thanks mate Hey, my friends, thank you for making it to the end. I hope that our time spent together today has left you a little bit better than before you push play. I'd really appreciate if you just took a moment to leave a review to allow me to meet more people where they are and hopefully leave them a little bit better too. If you're curious to know how I, through Always Better Than Yesterday, can serve you, your team, your organisation, then head to alwaysbetterthanyesterday.com to connect. And while you're there, let me know one or two things that you're going to do as a result of listening to this conversation. I absolutely love hearing your thoughts, your reflections and the things that this spark in your own heart and mind. If you want more insights from my heart and mind, I do send out short episodes on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. And again, I hope that they serve you well. I appreciate you listening. I'm Ryan Hartley, host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast, a podcast for heart-centered leaders just like you. Keep leading, my friends. Always love.